The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, the one, the only, the legendary Tony Casillas. TC, what up? Uh, I'm doing good, brother. It's a good day to be the franchise quarterback for the Cowboys. Yeah, I was it's, all, uh, I was it's all, all uh, dollar signs this morning. I, I, um, I haven't slept that much, if I'm being honest, um, since uh, about 6 p.m. on Monday. But, um, but so I was all prepared. I, I was already preparing, you know, for you and I to come here to talk because today, uh, well, it's actually kind of up in the air um, in general, but it doesn't matter anymore, thankfully. But I was prepared for us to sit here and talk about how it's the, the franchise tag deadline. The Cowboys are going to waste another opportunity. They're going to place the tag on Dak. It's only going to make things worse. Um, lo and behold, Tony, on Monday, out of nowhere, this, this is the biggest thing to happen to the Dallas Cowboys in I don't even know how long. I don't know what the last biggest thing was of, of this level. Um, and it just kind of just showed up, you know, <laughs> there wasn't this like, you know, you, you know how normal things are. You hear like it's getting close, you know, they're, they're working they're They're, you know, they're really, really, really going back and forth, but no Dak Prescott and the Cowboys agreeing to terms on a four year, $160 million contract with $126 million guaranteed. That's a lot of cheese. Yeah, it is. And put everything in perspective. Uh, there's two things. I, I saw Gil Brandt tweet something out about uh, Tony Romo in his 14 years, made $125 million. And, and Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for, I believe, $150 million. And put everything in perspective, you know, that's what he's ultimately going to pay Dak Prescott. But $66 million guaranteed is, for, you know, it, it, the first for signing book. Well, that'd be a signing bonus. 70, over 75, about $75 million his first year in his contract. And I think everyone was thinking, God, the Cowboys are going to screw this thing up because, yeah. you know, the deadline was the franchise tag would have been yesterday or actually today. I'm sorry. Today's March 9th. But they went ahead and decided that uh, they needed to make something happen. And if they had not made it happen, I think this made it, may have uh, well gone down as one of the probably the, the worst business decisions that the Cowboys ever met, met if they wouldn't have extended his contract. So, uh, a lot of money, man, as you mentioned, a lot, a lot of money. Now, I, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this. And I think 
the Cowboys did botch this, right? And that's that's why they paid what they did because they they mishandled this. That's and that's okay. Like the ult, the ultimate thing is they they got it done. They did what they had to do. They swallowed their pride, however you want to deem it, um, and they paid Dak Prescott. It, but this was going to have to happen, right? Like th- this was this was always an inevitability. You were mm-hmm. never ever ever going to get him for cheap and and people tony they're going to have these you know these stressful moments because they're going to look at over the cap they're going to look at all these you know graphics that come out that show you know the highest paid quarterbacks and nfl history and dak is right up there but that's the thing like that you got to pay that like again it's it's like buy we've we've come up with a billion analogies last week we talked about cars and ps5s and like the the moment and, and i did a radio hit um in honolulu actually on uh, oh, nice. on monday night yeah. and um and they asked me if if dak prescott is overpaid right and yeah like of course he is like i he absolutely is overpaid right now i think he's the best player on the cowboys but the reality kind of like getting a car and driving it off the lot he is overpaid but when other quarterbacks get their contracts, your boy Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray in a couple of years, Joe Burrow after that, this will look like a bargain the way other deals look in this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the escalating of the, you know, the present, uh, you know, present day value of quarterbacks. And, uh, uh, you know, you go back and look at the contracts of the last five, 10, 20 year increments, and it's just uh, just floor just floors you what the the numbers are and then you throw in you know what the present day value is for a quarterback I mean this is a norm and I and I've said this I've, I've you know I've talked to people that you know the salary cap uh, doesn't when it comes to paying quarterbacks doesn't apply because ultimately that's where you got to spend your money at and you know right now the Cowboys are a million and a half dollars over the cap and that'll get about to restructure some context contracts but that's where you start and I think that this is a message sent that, yeah, I think the Cowboys, I think it's a fair deal on both sides. I think both of them, you mentioned, may have paid more than they wanted to. But ultimately, uh, it's a great story because of Dak Prescott. I mean, the whole, you know, not getting drafted high as a rookie and then, you know, betting on himself. And then last year with the contract, you know, with the, you know, playing under the, the tag and, and getting uh, injured in a horrific injury now, being the highest paid uh, guy, you know, as far as guaranteed money went ahead. I, I, I guess he passed uh, Russell Wilson. It's an amazing story, but to your point about the value of what you mean to someone, it's, it's what you, it's a necessity. It's a commodity you have to have. And there's not too many commodities when it comes to the quarterback position, uh, just laying around and they had to get this done. And, you know, I, I will, I commend them for getting it done because I really thought that they would screw it up. <laughs> you and me both. And um, I, you know, I now I'm reading a little bit into this, but uh, the original announcement um, on Monday included a formal press announcement on Wednesday. Um, I, I don't think anyone has ever accused the Joneses of, of lacking intelligence and, and not knowing how to throw a party, so to speak. Um, I, I, if I believe personally that that is strategic, they want, they want, we're recording Tuesday morning. Uh, they want all day Tuesday to just be the Dak talk, right? Every show in the world's talking about Dak Prescott. Then on Wednesday, when they have the formal thing and they have a, you know, Dak moment, then, then they're back in the news cycle. And I, I tell you what I, we've, we've said, and this is why, you know, th- they deserve their moment in the sun. It's just kind of what I'm getting at because I, I didn't think they would get this done either. I thought they would have to place the tag on him. I thought there was hope that maybe they would get it done by July 15th, but that felt precarious. 
And so we have said, I know I've said at different places that this offseason had to be different, right? In in looking what what the Cowboys needed to do, how to be different, how to be better in 2021, this offseason had to be different. You had to get this stack deal done right away so that you didn't have this hanging over your heads. And I think it would have mattered in free agency because let's say say the Cowboys are talking to a free agent defensive tackle, Tony Casillas, right? And you're debating between the Cowboys and whoever else. You're saying, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be, you know, for the Cowboys. Like, why, why would I sign here? Why would I commit to you? I want to win a championship. I mean, for all I know, Ben DiNucci is going to be walking out week one. You know what I mean? And so they they took care of this. And it it really does feel – you've seen Shawshank Redemption, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, Thousands it, of times, <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> well, that's a lot of hours. But it, it does feel <laughs> it does feel like Andy Dufresne at the end of the tunnel because – this, this has hung over them for two years now, and they have finally gotten it done. And it, it does kind of feel like they're on the other side, and they can finally start to move on and build upon this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that this is uh, you know the first step. And I think, as you mentioned, I, I, the, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys have never – have not been known or never been accused them of not having a – you know, something create a buzz and, you know, being really relevant in the news. And so now so you sign Dak Prescott and he seems like he's the best quarterback in the national football league. And, you know, he's in the top 10. Uh, but yeah, for that moment, it's, it's, you're trying to get, uh, I guess, traction off of it. And I think it has been news. I think the news has been over the last, since the off season started, the whole deal with Dak Prescott, it's really heated up because getting close to the franchise tag and, yeah, I think it's a, there's this this time of not desperation, but negotiation and getting down to the last last uh, hour. I mean, that's the way you know the business is done. Ultimately, it's going to get done, and, uh, and and really just let it kind of marinate that, and it marinates, and then you sign this big deal, and people are thinking, well, that's a I'm very surprised. I mean, I, where'd that come from? Because they're not really talking about it, but. Um, I think it, it starts with, I think I've, I've mentioned this on our show and other shows that I've done in my own podcast is that it, it starts with the quarterback. It starts right. with the, you know, that's your, your staple and everything else comes around it. And now to this point forward, the question is, is, okay, is, can this team win a Super Bowl? And it's going to be every, probably more magnified than any position uh, on any team, the quarterback, uh, with a team not even really being relevant in the postseason play, did they overpay Dak Prescott because the expectations for them now is to go to the Super Bowl? Right. And I'm not saying that criticism of Dak prior to this point hasn't been fair, but criticism is completely fair now, right? Because now you've got the deal, right? Like that net, this, you got it, right? And you, you did it your way and, and shout out to Frank Sinatra and everything. And, and you got the deal done, Dak, and, and you won. We all agree. So you're right, Tony. I mean, now, like now the expectations change, right? Like things are different when, when you have this, you know, the, the magnifying glass is larger, the, the heat is, is heavier, the, the spotlight is brighter. And so I completely agree with you. And what's more, and, and again, this is why it was so important to get this done. I mean, when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, we've talked about this. I mean, they were seemingly, you know, you know, bringing him in as opposed to a Matt rule or whatever, because they were focused on the immediate future. They believe they were close. They re-signed Kellen Moore to a three-year extension right before the season ended. They gave Dan Quinn a three-year deal when they brought him in. Amari Cooper, if they, let, 
if we are correct in assuming that they're going to restructure his deal to create some cap space, yeah. they'll be tied to him for the next two years. They've obviously got CeeDee Lamb on his rookie contract. They have Demarcus Lawrence locked up. They have Jalen Smith, if you want to include that, I suppose. Um, they, they have they're all, not that the offensive line is great, but they do have that taken care of from a financial perspective, although this is a contract year for Connor Williams. They also have their tight end situation taken care of in Blake Jarwin. They do have Dalton Schultz entering his own contract year. So my point is like the, the timeline of success lines up with the here and now, right? Like it is, it is clear and obvious that all of their heavy artillery is is set for the, the immediate future. I don't, I don't like the term win now. I know I've told you before. Um, so I, I'm trying to, as hard as I can to avoid that. And beyond that though, the NFC East is a disaster, right? I mean, we'll see if whatever quarterback Washington lands, they're, they're seemingly going to trade for somebody or, or land somebody in the draft or maybe just sign an outright free agent. I mean, the Giants still believe that Daniel Jones is the answer. So, I mean, there's two wins theoretically for the Cowboys um, ultimately. And the Eagles are clearly in a rebuild mode. What's more is, I mean, like right now, today, March 9th, who are the teams in the NFC that you can – say are 100 you're 100 certain are better than the cowboys because the only ones i can do that with are the buccaneers and the packers that's it maybe maybe you want to argue the rams but yeah, that, like, yeah i think i think there's probably there's probably more teams than that um i'd, I'd have to argue with that I'd disagree with that but i think that to get there you gotta there's other things that need to be done there sure. needs to be you know to the draft you go you, you draft the safety i mean then you start building through that because now you're starting to have to restructure contacts, contracts. You knew this was going to come with, you know, that's, that eats up all of the salary cap with the quarterback. And now it's like, okay, we need to draft some players that we really feel like can be, we can mold around and really have them go through this whole process of winning in this window. And I think it's when you have a team like the Cowboys for so many years that have to me, they won with the notion of win now, and it hasn't worked. Right, and that's fair. They have to. I mean, because the window of opportunity is closing. I mean, you talked about the offensive line, and they're yeah, they're paid. You know, they're, they, as far as the salaries and everything, they're taken care of. But those guys are starting to get old, and you know, I guess with some uh, injuries and things that happen with that. But I think collectively, it'll be fine. I think they in Mike McCarthy giving him a chance and really one season and given the benefit of last year and defensively to me that's where it all it all comes full surface and but yeah the quarterback especially but uh, throughout the national football league it's hard for me to say the cowboys are better than oh obviously. i'm talking just the nfc to be clear well, I'm, I, but i'm just saying nfc the i don't think they're better than the rams i think the rams got better uh i think if you look at maybe seattle i mean seattle is kind of who knows what they're going to happen with them right. they have their issues but uh, they're close. I mean, if they're in the yeah, top that's five the point. of those teams, right. yeah, they're, they're close. But sometimes we saw last year being number one and being number seven, especially with Dallas, as far as high, not even ranking that that high, but there's a huge, huge ladder there to climb when you look at the Cowboys last year. But a lot of things happened. So, but to your point, I think they have a lot of potential to be a hell of a lot better when healthy and making some decisions on this franchise, it's really going to help them get better at different areas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to talk about the defense in, in a moment, but <clears throat> my last NFC, this is just focusing on the NFC. When you look at who they will be for the next, for the life of this contract, right? For the next four years, right? What quarterback in the NFC would you rather have over Dak? You can certainly make the argument for Aaron Rodgers that, you know, there's no reason why his play would decline. He can certainly play into his 40s. We've seen Tom Brady do that. Uh, Drew Brees is, is effectively retired, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't officially retired yet. But, um, you know, the Russell Wilson situation is, is certainly one to monitor. I, I do think that Russell's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, but there is going to be that point where Dak either breaks even or passes him. And so maybe you feel that you would rather have Dak. And so, I mean, maybe, I mean, you know, we both love Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's a fight in Texas Aggie. I don't care whatever happened, you know, after that. Um, but, but I, mean, I agree with you that. <laughs> so all the Sooner Nation will say, no, he's, he's one of us. Right. Yeah, I, so outside what you, of what's an, what's an Aggie I'm going to say that. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> outside of Aaron Rodgers. And that on Kevin Sumlin. Right. Oh, God. Oh, man. We'll get back on track. <laughs> anyway. Uh, goodness, Chris. Anyway, but uh, Sorry so, about that, bro. you're good. Uh, just, just pouring salt in wounds. It's fine. Um, Somebody lose your focus. Right. Uh, You're doing a good job of staying focused. Aaron Rodgers is the only one who I would 100% take over Dak again for the life of this contract that the Cowboys just gave Dak Prescott. I, I think I would take, I would take Russell over Dak today, but for the life of this contract, I would take Dak Prescott. Is there any other quarterback in the NFC that you would take over Dak? Cause I assume you also would take Rodgers. Yeah, I think Rodgers and, – and look, I think now with me, I think it all changes the narrative because now you're paying someone that's – you know, there's something about having that status, the status of being one of the, the – being the highest paid guaranteed player contract in the National Football League ever. And so to me, I think, you know, for Dak, I mean, I think there's – he's, he's, he's validated why he needs to be paid. But to me, I need to see a little bit more – um, when you get into that type of status with Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, below that, um, and I've said this before, you, you rank these quarterbacks, I mean, once you get past five, they're kind of thrown in there. I I, I don't know. It's a great question. But I, right now, Dak Prescott, to me, I wouldn't want to – I mean, he's a winner. He's a leader. I mean, the whole – his character and everything, it's it's hard to find someone that's, that's better than that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean – like there's a lot of intangible things that the guy has that that bring brings so much value to Dallas that they can't afford they couldn't afford to lose what he what he brought to this team right. leadership skills not only his competitiveness and everything that he brings you know money can't pay can't, money can't buy that I agree with you 100 percent and that's that's kind of what I'm talking about like we both kind of agree here yeah. that that he's the second best quarterback in the NFC over yeah. the life of this deal and and that assumes you know. Like I would still take Dak, but if Deshaun Watson gets traded to an NFC team, that at least you know makes for more debate. But I mean, still, I would I would still take Dak there. But that's that's what my point about the NFC because in the AFC you've obviously oh I guess you know because I wouldn't take Tom Brady because you're gonna get everybody that says so Tom Brady again. I look Tom Brady's gonna play forever, but for the life of this deal, I would still take Dak starting here and now in 2021. He, he may be playing another. <laughs> 
four years. You right. <laughs> but but the, the AFC, agreed. But the AFC has has Mahomes, has Josh Allen. I wouldn't take Lamar Jackson, but but somebody might. Um, you know, so that's the point. Like that that's my point in that there's more competition in the AFC. There's more defined competition because the Cardinals are on the come up. The Rams, you're right. We'll see what they are with Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, maybe maybe the Vikings turn who knows? But I mean, again, that's the point. But uh, getting back to the Cowboys in terms of their current roster, totally agree with you. I mean, I think we agree. This is this is a top five offense without breaking a sweat, hopefully. Right. Like that's that's the plan. And you have invested in the last year alone, like like a year ago to the day almost. You've extended Amari Cooper, gave him 20 million dollars a year. You drafted CeeDee Lamb with your first pick. You have now extended Dak Prescott, gave him $40 million a year. Um, prior to that, obviously, you, you extended Zeke, extended all the offensive linemen. It's time to – it's it's and, like, they've invested in the defense. I don't want to say or pretend that they haven't. I mean, they gave Demarcus Lawrence a big-time contract, and I, I believe that he's an elite, you know, edge rusher. But outside of that, they, they still are trying to, for whatever reason, bargain hunt, right? Even Leighton Vander Esch, like, I mean – Look, I, I hope he's healthy this year and we'll see if they even pick up his fifth year option. But there were medical concerns surrounding him entering the 2018 NFL draft. And obviously, Jalen Smith, like they, they've tried to use these expensive resources on these, you know, players that that fell to them for whatever reason. And now now you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like now you, you've got too much invested overall to act that cavalier. Now you have to, you have to use this. Look, maybe Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell or with a 10th overall pick and you want to get that tackle depth, fine. But you, besides that 10th overall pick, you have to invest in the defense. If you really want Dan Quinn to be different than Mike Nolan, you got to give him a chance to succeed. And they had clearly budgeted for the, the franchise tag value, which was $37.7 million. Dak Prescott's, you know, contract value or cap value, excuse me, for this year is $22.2 million. So the Cowboys just poof, created $15 million in salary cap space for this season. They have to use that. They, I mean, we, we keep hearing all about how this is going to be an offseason where there's going to be all these veterans available for short deals, one-year deals, two-year deals, et cetera. The cap's going to go back up next year with the new TV deals. I mean, you you cannot rest on your laurels is my point. You have to act now defensively. Well, I think, you know, last year the Cowboys drafted Trevon Diggs, and I think that he's at, at corner. That's a fair be, point. It's going to be a position. I think he's going to be good. I, I, he's, it's amazing how the first and second year, how you change is – as far as becoming a second-year guy and kind of learning the nuances of the National Football League. But uh, I, I think uh, some of the things that the Cowboys' decisions they made, you know, defensively, uh, I think I think everyone at the beginning, if we can go back and talk about the, the players that brought in free agencies, during free agency, and it just didn't work. And, and I don't know if that's systematically with uh, Mike Nolan. I, I don't know. We'll never know. But you can't look in the past. you got to move on. So – I think that they have to become more consistent uh, at different positions and develop, you know, Dan Quinn may be the, may be the, you know, the, the defensive. The secret uh, sauce. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you don't know, maybe it's a, it's a, a defense that maybe he sees and guys fit in and maybe they get this uh, influx of play. I always felt like that when you get a new defensive coordinator and it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, you buy into what he's selling. And so it, who knows, but, you know, certainly they can't be as inconsistent as they were last year on the defense side of the ball because that's what it looks like. It looks like, yeah, they go out and spend all the, uh, you know, all the money on all the toys and, you know, the the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the, the running back, I mean, the wide receivers. But 
you know, you can't compromise on the other side of the ball, man. You got to be able to complement this, this team. And, you know, defensively, that's where they have to really focus now. And again, it's a win-win for me. It's a win now for me. And because again, this is four years. It's not that long. And if that's, you want to get, if he's going to go six years, I mean, it's a basically a four-year deal for Dak. I mean, and everything else around it, this is when you have to make things happen. Right. And I agree. And, um, you know, we did a YouTube show uh, on the Blog on the Boys channel right after the news broke last last night um, on Monday evening. And and this is, I think, the best way to look at it, because there are still people, Dex, Ux, whatever, that are just, you know, have incorrect thoughts here. But if if the goal is to win a Super Bowl in the next four years, like the over the life of this contract, there's no question that this is your best opportunity, right? There's, there's no, there's no question. There's, there's no way you could maximize that opportunity more than by paying Dak Prescott. I don't care. Like trading for Russell Wilson. Fine. Russell is better than Dak today, but you'd have to give up all this draft capital. You'd have to pay Russell yourself eventually. I mean, it just, it never made any sense for that to be the case. And so I, I am proud of the Dallas Cowboys for, for swallowing some pride, but they ended up, you mentioned the $126 million guaranteed. The only person that, that Dak trails in terms of guaranteed money is Mahomes, who, who make, whose contract is worth $145 million yeah. guaranteed. But when you factor in the $31.4 million that the Cowboys gave him on the tag last year when they couldn't get this done, they have effectively given him over $157 million guaranteed, which is more than Mahomes. And that was, yeah. that was the point all along. I mean, you know, like this was inevitable. You were going to have to do this. You could have saved money if you had done it a year ago or two years ago, like a lot of people were saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. They knew this day was coming. And I think that whenever you relinquish those quarterback uh, duties, when the Romo and Dak, when he turned over the reins to him, he knew this day was going to come. You, you were hoping this day would come. Mm-hmm. You were hoping he would be the guy of the future of the franchise. You just didn't realize at that time it was going to end up costing this this much money. But that's uh, the price of playing poker now, man. It's, uh, you know, the quarterback position is always, and it's going to back, it escalate and escalate. And people are going to be shaking their head until the salary cap goes over $200 million. You know, that's going to be the market, people. And so just get used to it. Um, my last thing, Tony, is um, as somebody who's been there and, and celebrated teammates getting deals, um, I think the the most notable, we, we've talked about this a lot, it was when Emmett got his deal and, and came back, and obviously that, that changed things for you guys. Um, but just, just looking at social media and all the Cowboys players, really, I mean, lots of other NFL players and other athletes in general. I saw DK Metcalf and Chad Ochocinco celebrating for Dak, um, but all his teammates, you know, um, I saw Justin March tweeted deserved and he made the S in deserved a dollar sign. Um, and everybody was so happy for him. And, um, I feel like that, like, this is, this is a big boost, you know, like, I, cause I mean, I, I, you tell me, cause I feel like they all had to have just been sick of like answering this question, you know, every media hit they do, you know, they're asked, do you, do you think the deck deal is going to get them? Whatever. Like they, they, this is their guy. Like that's, that's gotta be like a, a really great, piece that is now washing over the locker room i don't maybe i'm reading too much into it no i think that it's a it's a great point because i you know is is being around guys that make a a lot more money than i did uh you know there really wasn't this disconnect you you had you i mean you you'd like to see what those direct deposits were on which all those zeros but you know that that could never happen and even now i think as a older player being retired for so many years you're you're not bitter but you're like damn i'm even I wasn't a quarterback, but man, I was in the wrong time. But regardless of that, I think 
your teammates support you. I mean, get your time. I mean, it's a it's a business of getting your opportunity. I mean, when it's your time, that's when you cash in. And I think everyone, again, I think the sentiment for for Dak is that he's a great dude. Uh, he's and people admire that. Uh, we saw whenever he he was injured. I mean, that you're, that's your brother, man. That's your your brother. You want to get paid and. So then you realize next time he goes out, go out to dinner, the drinks and every, everything, caviar, wherever we're going is on Dak because he's a guy in a room that has the big, makes the, the biggest money. So the most money. So to, you know, to me, it's a, it's a thing to be celebrated. I think they're, they're, they're glad, especially if you're on the team. Now the answer is not a distraction. Now let's just move on and let's finish what we started. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, I think Dak will definitely pick up a couple of tabs. Uh, are you a caviar guy? Like, do you, do you like some caviar? Well, my wife, I, my wife is, and I had, and that caused uh, when we went out for our anniversary dinner, um, it's just hard to, hard to me to fathom that, that it's that expensive. I mean, I like it, but there's other things that I could eat that are probably like, like a lot less expensive, Right. Uh, but no, I, it, they're good. It just depends on what you put on them, but no, it's just, a, to me, it's like a metaphor for just spending a hell of a lot of money. Sure. Um, well, um, I, it, like, uh, unlike caviar, this is absolutely worth it. This is like, um, this is like maybe a, a couple of Ferraris or Lamborghinis or yeah. You know, or, or I was yeah. gonna say this is like this is like you know you go to like a steakhouse and like you look at the filet mignon or whatever and it's like it's really that much. Yeah, it's that much because it's worth it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's like, it's like the thing, the power of going in somewhere. And I'm not, you know, people, I mean, I think everyone, but, you know, this is ridiculous money. It's funny money. It's knowing that, hey, anything on that menu I can afford to buy. So that's kind of nice to have that feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of like your, your salary on the show. And yeah, right. Boys, SB Nation, man. Hey, next time we go out, you're buying that. Oh, well, as long as, man in the room that makes all the money. As long as we're going to Whataburger. I mean, <laughs> uh, last, last, last thing, Tony, who wins the players? Oh, gosh. Uh, Bryson, to me, I, I don't know. It's a different animal. It's a different golf course. I'm going to go with John Rahm. I'm going to go with the uh, Spaniard. Yeah, I like Rahm. I'm going to go with uh, Corey McElroy. Uh, Roy McElroy, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another uh, Corey. And I'm going to throw Jordan Spieth in there. I think oh, dude. Oh, come on. I, why? Because he's a Longhorn? He used to be a Longhorn? No, look, I, let me be clear. I love why you. Jo- why are you hating on Jordan Spieth, man? I love what Jordan. Do you mean, oh, man? No, I look, love Jordan Spieth. Oh, I, man. Let me say this. I, I love Jordan Spieth, but what is annoying about him, it's not even him. It's just that, like, golf media and golf Twitter loves him so much. So, like, anytime he, he does anything remotely positive, people make an overly big deal about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, let the guy, let the guy play some golf. Well, he you hasn't know? done anything po- positive here lately. Well, How about last week, he starts off with birdie and then in a one. He's and then a bogey. After, and a bo- well, he, he parred. He parred number three. Oh, you're right. After the water. Yeah. You're right. You're yeah, right. that was a hell of a save right there, brother. Well, you know, still. The water still got up and down. But anyway. Whatever. I'm just, uh, the hype is what annoys me. But fine. I, lo- I love Jordan. I mean, and Jordan's a Cowboys fan. He looks like Jason Witten. I mean, yeah, you know, so. He looks like an older bird. I mean, he to me, he just looks like this older guy for some reason. He looks like. He looks like he'd be wearing Skechers, but he's <laughs> and so. But you know, to the point about the the, the you know the players' champion, it's it's what I like watching the you know the the Bay Hill tournament, Arnold's tournament. It was, there's actually a gallery, right? It's actually good to see. And I'm thinking, is this a weather delay? I don't know if you thought at first because there's actually people in the gallery, but yeah, it's good to see people back on 
be able to watch watch golf again. So you've got John Rahm, you've got Rory and Jordan. Those are your three. Jordan in there, and uh, I like Bryson DeChambeau. I I don't know if he'll try to bring that course to its knees. I don't know if it fits his game. Uh, but man, the metamor- metamorphosis of that dude from last year and this year, man, they need to check his urine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we've ever said that on this show. Um, I, uh, I will, I will take Dustin Johnson just because, I mean, you have to at this point. Um, yeah, that's another one. I mean, it's going to be a strong field. Who knows? And right. I will take, um, I mean, it's a bummer that Brooks is missing it, but like Brooks and Tiger missing it is just a huge bummer. Um, I will take Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I will take, um, Man, because you've you've got a Spaniard. So yeah, I feel like I mean, you can only take three. You can't take the whole field. You took four. You took. I, Bry- did t- I took three. You took Bryson, John Rahm, Rory, took, right? okay, Rory, and, and Jordan. All right, I'll, I'll I'll throw Bryson in there just. Uh, okay. I'll, my three are, are, are Rahm, uh, McElroy, and Jordan Spieth. Nobody's ever won it twice in a row, and you're going with Rory to do that. Um, okay, so I I need one more because I've got uh, DJ and Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I will go. Man, it's actually tough. a new roster to look at. There's so many different names on there. These guys are they can. There's a, that's the one thing now. Dan, there's a new guy every week that can win. Right? No, totally. Um, it is. Um, let's see here. I need. I love one. seventeen. Oh, this, of course. Okay. How many? So let's do this. How many balls are going to be hit in the water this week? Oh, um, I don't even know. I'm just. I'm. I'm just thinking that it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't even know what the numbers are now. I could even, I'm not even going to Google it right now. Well, I'll say the over, if the over under was like nine and a half, I'd say it's over. Like it'll be double digits. Um, but my third guy is Patrick oh. Reed, by the way. Oh, yeah. You know what? I like Patrick Reed. Oh, I, dude. He's a, yeah. He's just a dude that just doesn't, he's, he's got blinders on. He doesn't give it, he doesn't give a crap what people say about him. He goes out there and just wins. And, and isn't that the best thing to be able to just like back up all this? Talking about Twitter, hate on and social media, man. That dude, man. I, I like Patrick Lee. See, he I, went to the- I've told you this before. He won the only Masters that I'll probably ever attend. Right. So, right. like, I, I'm like, I have to root for him. You know what that's I mean? Like, be a pick. that's what I'm saying. Like, he's my yeah. Masters champion. So, um, okay, cool. Well, um, Tony, we talk golf all day long. The it's over. We did it. We survived. We're going to get some t-shirts that say, I survived the Dak Prescott negotiations or something like that. Just get a Dak uh, with like the dollar signs underneath of it, man. That's it's a good chain, chain. Good for him, man. I'm so great. happy for him. For sure, man. Well, um, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. This was the 750.